Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Instead of a joke this week, I wanted to to start things off by by telling you a little story. Can I can I trust you? Of course. Okay. So so once upon a time, there were three men who were stranded in a boat. Okay. Uh, and all they had with them were were four cigarettes. Okay. So they're on a boat. They have four cigarettes. They had they had no way of of lighting them. Okay. So they thought about it and they thought about it and they thought about it. So what they ultimately did was they tossed the fourth cigarette out of the boat since there were only three of them, which was brilliant because it made the whole boat a cigarette lighter. I trusted you! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What's shaking, Megan? Oh, not too much. How's uh, How's your week been going? Good, man. Go, going really well. Uh, I, I tweeted out about this earlier this week, but I uh, finally got to step back out on the field this past week as high school baseball gets ready to ramp back up. So had a couple of meetings with uh, both coaches at the local high schools here that I cover, and uh, feels good, man. Uh, of course, the season's starting a little bit later. In fact, here in North Carolina, uh, football is just now entering the uh, the playoffs. But nonetheless, uh, getting ready for high school baseball, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What, what How, about you? Tell tell me about that feeling, stepping the stepping foot onto a baseball field for the first time in probably what fourteen months. Uh yeah, yeah, about fourteen months because we're a couple of months behind what we would normally be. Um, I, I told it on the show a few weeks ago, but the last game that I got to call last season was on Friday, March 13th. So it's been well over a year since I've been involved in any, any baseball, uh, really. Dude, it was great. It, it was honestly just so nice kind of getting out there that, you know, just for a couple of hours one evening, um, I stopped off at, at both schools and, you know, kind of watched the guys practice and run through some drills and just, you know, kind of talked shop with all the coaches and everything and um I, I i think i've mentioned before that one of the schools that i cover was um was really kind of highly thought of last year in terms of you know making it close to the state championship and of course with the season ending early that didn't get didn't quite get to happen so yeah a lot of the conversation that night uh this week when i was over there was just kind of talking about what last year could have been you know that it, it this team really had a good shot at it and unfortunately didn't get to have it you know due due to the the pandemic you know closing everything down but man it feels good it it, it feels like a place of normalcy you know kind of getting back in the swing of things so uh looking forward to starting up starting up the season here in about 3 weeks very cool yeah yeah 
What about you? Uh, what, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not a whole lot, really. Uh, just working and uh, watching more baseball than uh, than than is healthy for my general sanity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh it's been a tough week for uh for Braves fans, but we'll uh we'll get into that a little bit more later. Luckily, uh if you haven't already listened to it, uh we don't have to talk about uh the Phillies debacle last Sunday because we already released episode uh forty two point five uh back on Monday. So you can listen to us rant and complain about that for uh, a solid fifteen or twenty minutes. Um Yeah. <laughs> But had to get that thing, uh, had to get that out of the system, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, one thing I did want to do before we get too much further, and it's been a little too long since we did this. Um, we we don't have uh, a a ton of patrons, but the ones we have uh, have have been supporting us for a long time, and we really really appreciate them. So I wanted to give all of them a shout out. Um, first of all, Mr. David Lynn, he has been uh, supporting the show from literally day one. Yeah, uh, I I think actually before day one, because I, I, I started the Patreon page before our first episode dropped. And I think he was on it before that first episode was released. So, yeah, I believe uh, I believe you're right. Big thank you to David. Um, also, uh, Braves Country's uh, resident hot boy, Mr. Bobby Anthony. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Been a while. Love you, buddy. Um, yeah. Uh, next, uh, big time John Boy media personality, Miss Ashland Scott. Hey, uh, thank you, Ashland. Uh, definitely appreciate you. And uh, our our newest patron, Doctor Bobble. Doc, look yeah. there. Yeah, thank you, Doc. We appreciate that. Hey, um, anybody that might be interested in supporting the show, uh, you can find us at uh, Patreon.com/slash/ChattingAverage. Um, always going to throw out shout outs and, uh, and, and some little benefits if, uh, depending on what tier you signed up for. Um, but yeah, really, really appreciate anybody that's, uh, that's, uh, even listening, let alone, uh, helping to support us financially. So, uh, love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you decide to become a, a patron as well, there is some additional content on our Patreon, Alex. Yeah, we've got, uh. You can listen. Oh boy, you can listen to the um, dress rehearsal episode that we did. We actually mercy. An, oh boy, it was bad. We filmed an episode, uh, or filmed. We recorded an episode. <laughs> this is this is a TV show, right, Cam? Uh, yeah. We recorded an episode uh, that we never released publicly. Uh, just to kind of practice the format and everything before we actually released our first episode last year. Um, so you can listen to that if for some reason you're inclined to. Uh, we also had some cool holiday-themed episodes. We had uh, some uncensored stuff in there that uh, that we had a lot of fun with. So yeah, there's, there's some good content in there, uh, depending on your definition of good. Well... I mean, I think we know everybody's definition of good if they're listening to this show. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it is it is what it is. Hey, uh, Alex, it yes. is uh, it is uh, close to one o'clock here on this fine Sunday afternoon. What are you drinking, sir? Man, I'm still drinking coffee. I ain't yeah. got it today. 
I heard that. <laughs> Man, you gotta you gotta get going, son. Woo. God, squeeze squeezing that little bit of energy to open the show out of myself was was like squeezing water from a rock, man. Like, good lord, just uh, just not my morning. Well, in hindsight, your joke nearly zapped all the energy out of me. So, <laughs> to be completely fair, <laughs> uh, I cannot overstate how much joy I get from from getting to disappoint Cam week in and week out. Okay, so, I mean, okay. Everybody knows the the gimmick now, right? Of like, you know, opening up the show with some kind of bad dad joke. But I will reveal to you that I don't know what's coming each and every week. No, no, I it's I, I like I like getting the most organic possible reaction out of Cam. So it's uh it's always just hit record and see what happens on that one. Yeah, so usually like you know we jump on Skype and you know we give our pleasantries to each other and we ask why we're still doing the show and whatnot and then uh, <laughs> Alex will say, okay, hang on, let me let me figure this joke out, and then we just kind of sit in silence for about thirty seconds, and then he'll say, okay, I'm ready, let's record, <laughs> and I just know that some horrible, awful. T- terrible corny joke is coming my way and for some reason that's how we continue to open this show every week <laughs> and I, as, as as some of you more long-term listeners may have figured out by now i i'm i'm starting to try to 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 lure cam in a little bit more than i did in the past with uh <laughs> turning it into conversation or something like that well to be fair luring me in is how you got me to do this show in the first place you reached out to me did I? Well, I I remember I, I I hit some kind of follower milestone on Twitter, and I posted something like, y'all are going to mess up and make me start a podcast or something. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, I had a DM from you like, hey, are you actually wanting to do that? I do not recall that. <laughs> I, I, know, I would go back and find the DMs. Um, but you've blocked me on several occasions on Twitter, so I, I don't have. <laughs> I have done that. So I don't have any of the old ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that you lose all those messages each time I block you. You're killing me, Cam. Okay. You're, but you're destroying I, the evidence. That's what I do, baby. Wow, I, I think I just incriminated myself in some fashion by saying that. What it do, baby? What it do? <laughs> well, hey, to answer your question that you didn't ask me, I'm drinking a sweet tea from Cookout. Ooh, okay. That's what we had for lunch after church today. We just swung through the old Cookout and got a couple of Cookout trays. It's great. What was what was your tray? Uh, my tray was a big double cheeseburger, a Cajun chicken wrap, and fries. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What what is? Do you have many cookouts down your way? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, they, they started popping up a couple of years back, and they're they're all over the place now. Okay, I know, I know, like you know, really up here in North Carolina, they're a staple, but I didn't know how far how far south they had, they had gotten at this point. So what what is your cookout tray if you if you happen to stroll through there? So I also do the big double cheeseburger. Yeah. Um. Eat. I don't know how people are going to respond to this, but um, when I'm getting the cheeseburger, I really just want bread, meat, cheese, and pickles. You know, 
sometimes I, I'll, I'll get more on it, but typically I just get cheese, mustard, and pickles on mine. Yeah. I, that's I, it. I, that, like that's it's it. a good enough tasting burger on its own, you know? And then um, because it's cookout and you can get ridiculous side dishes, yeah. uh, I get chicken quesadillas. Uh, chicken quesadillas are phenomenal. <laughs> um, They're so uh, good. Uh, so my, my tray is... Uh, chicken quesadilla, big double burger, and hush puppies. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah, that, they then, got good hush puppies. And then blueberry cheesecake shake. Blueberry cheesecake is good. Uh, the or, banana pudding or, or cheer wine float. Okay, okay, I'm not that big on cheer wine. Which uh, we I, I like it in a float better than I like it by itself. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it cookout. They, you know, they're they're good for like burgers and stuff, but gosh, they have so many other things that are really good too. They got a good chicken sandwich. Uh, they got a good, pretty good barbecue sandwich, you know, for like a pretty basic, straightforward barbecue sandwich. Um, you know, good hot dogs, of course, and then basically whatever kind of milkshake you could think of, and even some you would never think of on their menu. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they do milkshakes very very well. Yeah. So, blueberry cheesecake is your go-to milkshake at cookout. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm a I'm a banana pudding milkshake kind of guy. Ooh. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, got it. Got to eat it with a spoon, of course, because <laughs> that that milkshake is not coming through a straw. But exactly. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff, man. All right. So before we get into uh, into this week in baseball history, um. One more little point of shameless self-promotion. Um, we are finally having average. Oh, my God. <laughs> you already if, you already tweeted it once. You didn't have to say it, though. <laughs> if you go to teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast, uh, we have finally released hats. So you can go and get the official chatting average podcast hat or... Uh, one of a couple of variants of the Huascar NASCAR logo hat. Yeah. So good stuff. Thanks, uh, UK again, Braves. Thanks to our buddy Bob, uh, Braves in the UK on Twitter, if uh, if you don't follow him. He came up with that design, so uh, cool collaboration with him to get that design up on, uh, up on sale. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. All right, now that I got to say hatting average on the show, Cam, what do you say we... T- <laughs> What do you say we do some this week can, in baseball can, can history? I, can I can I just quit the show now? Please. Just... Um, I mean that's never stopped you before. That's true. I quit the show. All right, we're gonna jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're gonna be looking at is April nineteenth through the twenty fifth. However, we're gonna take a step back. And we're actually going to look at a, uh, something that occurred on today in baseball history, April 18th, 1950. Figure we couldn't gloss over this one. Former Cleveland Buckeyes star of the Negro American League, Sam Jethro, becomes the first black player for the Braves. The 33-year-old highly touted prospect who will lead the majors with 35 stolen bases will be named the National League's Rookie of the Year. That's that's pretty amazing. Not not only to come in and and break the Braves color barrier, uh, but to come in with such authority that you win rookie of the year in doing it. Yeah. So he won rookie of the year in 1950. 
Uh, he was the stolen base leader in 1950, but also was the stolen base leader the following year in 1951. So back-to-back years as the stolen base leader. Very cool. Sounded cool. like Ronald Acuna Sr. or something. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> and uh, fun fact also, uh, Sam Jethro is in the International League Hall of Fame as well. Very cool. Yeah, so very cool. So figure we couldn't skip over that one, but uh, 71 years ago today, uh, Sam Jethro broke the Braves color barrier, becoming the first African-American player to play for the Braves. Cool stuff. All right, now we're going to jump into our formal week that we were going to talk about this week, starting with April 19th, 1927. Calling the play-by-play in the Tigers' 8-5 victory over the Indians, Edwin Tyson becomes the first person in club history to broadcast a game. The radio personality will begin the game by saying, Good afternoon, boys and girls. This is Ty Tyson speaking to you from Navin Field, which will become the familiar refrain from WWJ. There you go. Hey. Always always cool to hear about first, uh, first radio broadcasts and whatnot, because I maintain the fact that that is how baseball is meant to be enjoyed from beyond the stadium. Absolutely. It's good stuff. In fact, uh, just last night, actually, um, we were finishing up supper and uh, kind of just hanging around the house. And so I figured, well, let, let's, let's see what games are just getting ready to start. And I noticed that uh, the Brewers game was getting ready to start. So I flipped that over and I put the Brewers uh, video feed on. But then I turned their radio feed on as the audio overlay and got to listen to Bob Euchre call the first couple of innings, which is always a delight. And, and if you haven't done that, I highly suggest it. Next, turn on a baseball game sometime. Uh, if you have the ability with your TV, uh, mute it and and pause it so you can sync it up with the radio feed and mm-hmm. just listen to it that way. Or if, if you do have the MLB TV uh, package, they actually allow you to do that now. So as you're watching the video feed, you can select which audio feed you want to listen to over it. And it's synced pretty seamless, seamlessly. Oh, that's Which pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've never had the, the MLB TV app, so I, I've, I wasn't aware that was a thing. That's that's awesome. It's It's been a thing on the desktop version for a couple of years now, but they just integrated it into the uh, smart TV version, which is fantastic. So cool stuff, man. Really cool stuff. And, or, you know, if, if you don't want to, uh, you know, pay the price for MLB TV, I highly recommend MLB at bat. It's like $2.99 a month, but get to listen to every single radio broadcast of any team throughout the season and it's well worth you know well worth it to you know hanging out on the back deck you know grilling some burgers or something even if the Braves aren't playing hey there's a baseball game on let's listen to it you know while we hang out or you know if you're on a road trip throughout the summer listen to baseball while you drive it's it's good stuff and it's a great way to experience the game that we all love so our next fact comes to us on April 21st 2002 Atlanta shortstop Rafael Fercal ties a major league record, which was last previously done by White Sox outfielder Lance Johnson in 1995, by hitting three triples in a game. The previous Braves player to hit three ba- to hit three three baggers in one contest was Danny O'Connell, who accomplished the feat at County Stadium in 1956 when the team played in Milwaukee. My legs are tired just thinking about that. <laughs> I so. I think the the triple is the most exciting play in baseball, right? Easily. Like, I I I will always say that the triple is the hardest part of the cycle to accomplish. 
because so much has to go right to hit a triple. You know, like usually the ball has to go deep into the right field corner because, you know, it can't be on an error. Otherwise, it doesn't count as a base hit. Right. Um, like, like there has to be a crazy bounce or you have to have Ronald Acuna Jr. speed or or something. There There has to be a factor other than you just hit the ball really well. Yeah. So to hit three triples in a single game is awesome. Good old, good old Raphael for call getting it done 19 years ago this week. He was great. Had a baby, Rafi. Yeah. All right. Our next fact comes to us from April 23rd, 1921. So a hundred years ago this week, Warren Spahn is born in Buffalo, New York, the son of a wallpaper salesman who had once played semi-pro baseball. The future Hall of Fame Southpaw, a mainstay with the Braves in the 1950s, is named after Warren Harding, a right-hander recently sworn in as the President of the United States. I did not know that he was named after the President. Well, there you go. That that feels like a very old-school thing, right? Oh, for sure. N- naming your kid at, like after Presidents. Like, we, we won't see that now, I don't feel like. Like, for instance, back in college, um, I had an instructor whose first name legally was Woodrow and his parents named him after Woodrow Wilson. Like that was the implication of his name. So yeah, I feel like you don't see like see stuff like that now, but yeah, how about that? Warren Spawn would have been his 100th birthday later on this week on the 23rd. My mom has a dog named Woodrow. No, no, no connection to the president though. Okay. Okay. I I wouldn't, (laughs) I I wouldn't think so, but so there you go. So everybody, uh, be sure to uh, let's see what what day would that be? That'll be Friday, right? Yeah, April twenty third. So Friday, be sure to uh, go to work and strike somebody out in honor uh, in honor of Warren Spawn. <laughs> give a give a give a crazy high uh, kick in your in your wind up. Have you ever actually seen video of Warren Spawn pitching? Um, not recently, that's for sure. Uh, just go, go look some of it up. It, his windup was incredible. I mean, his, his ankle was well above his head by the time he reared back to fire one in. <laughs> like there's no, it's no wonder that people couldn't keep track of when and where the ball was coming just because of how much movement he had in his windup. Crazy stuff. I, that's kind of, I feel like that's a lost art, uh, in the pitching motion is, is the crazy high leg kick. Like, yeah. who have we seen since maybe Dontrell Willis? Oh, man, I hated when we used to play Dontrell oh, Willis. Man. He was like, so I, I respect him pitch, now. Though. Like, like it, somehow that dude would raise his knee like 25 feet above the pitcher's mound when he would throw the ball. It was crazy. I mean, he was practically kneeing himself in the chin. <laughs> and, and, and like, I'm not saying that as a joke. Like, that's literally how high his leg was. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the, the school of thought is now on over-exaggerated wind-ups as, you know, you would think it would serve well as a distraction. And, you know, because we still see pitchers mess with timing. You know, Zach Grinke does it where he alternates his timing in his wind-up. You know, obviously you've got Clayton Kershaw with, like, the two-step as he comes to the plate. To, Marcus you know, try to... Stroman, I think, is the, the textbook for messing with timing nowadays. Oh, for sure, for sure. Then you got guys like Nate Jones who show exactly what pitch he's going to throw every time he throws. Um, uh, but, 
Oh boy. Um, I mean, you, so ever, you, uh, you ever, uh, remind me, you ever knee yourself in the jaw? I don't believe I have. I'm not that flexible. Uh, <laughs> just reminded me of one time from, uh, from high school. Uh, I want to say I was, I was 14 or 15 and, uh, good, good, dumb age. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I was over at a friend's house. They had a, one of those big trampolines in their backyard. So we were jumping yeah. around on it. And, uh, you, you remember that thing where you would, you'd, you'd, you'd bounce on the trampoline and then like bounce on your back the next time and then back up to your feet. Yeah. So, so I, I rotate a little, rotated a little too much when I was bouncing on my back. Uh-huh. Uh, so I hit like the top of my shoulders. Okay. Uh, and when I did that, my knee came straight down and hit me square in the face. <laughs> um, actually shattered my glasses. Oops. <laughs> oh so man, I your had... parents pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to go home with like broken glasses in hand and try to explain what had just happened. <laughs> To my parents. How <laughs> they're doing the damn wrestling moves on the trampoline. <laughs> yeah, took took a bad bump on that one. Did, did, so did you have a trampoline of your own at any point growing up? I don't think I ever had one of my own, but I always had a friend who did. Yeah. We got one, I want to say I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade. When we finally got a trampoline and the number one rule was no wrestling on the trampoline. And that <laughs> rule la- and that rule lasted for about 15 minutes. What what's the point of the trampoline if you're not doing wrestling moves? Oh, man. And we had like one of the quote unquote super safe ones with the netting around the trampoline. Oh, so that netting's I- not doing anything. Well, so obviously that gives you ropes to bounce off of so you can Irish whip your opponent back and forth on the road before <laughs> giving them a lariat right across the jaw. I, uh, I did, I did have one friend that, ha- that I was much younger. This was when I was like six or seven, but I had a friend who had a trampoline and it was in their backyard, but they lived on, on fairly uneven ground. So it was yeah, you not, usually want a nice flat spot for a trampoline. It was not flat. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was like, I, I guess, I think this was before I'd ever seen like the the trampolines with netting. Yeah. Uh, so they had put it where like several trees bordered it, so there was you know something to to stop you from going right off. Right. So, uh, I bounced, and because it was sort of tilted, uh, right. of course I fly off and uh, and split the trees and land flat on my back, uh, which. Which would have been okay, I guess, uh, had there not been a pine cone dead center <laughs> of my back. And despite how young I was, I will never forget that pain in that moment. Yeah, I can imagine. That was uh, not great. <laughs> you, you ever bounce on a trampoline and one of the springs, like, bust off? Oh, yeah. Oh, Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. One of the scariest moments of your childhood when... You're about to hit that double bounce on somebody, and you just hear prink. <laughs> the the other thing I remember is I I had one friend with a with a pool. Okay. Uh, and that was like uh, you know the the I guess the post trampoline era. We would all go in in the summertime and hang out at his pool. Um, and when we were playing Marco Polo, it's a miracle none of us drowned because we were. 
we were willing to stay under that water for as long as it took to not get caught. <laughs> Where's Alex? He got called home. <laughs> <laughs> the hell if he was going to lose that game. So anyway, yeah, Warren Spawn's birthday's this week. <laughs> Happy birthday, Warren Spawn. Happy birthday, Warren. <laughs> All right, and our final fact comes to us from April 25th. 2015. For the first time, a team takes the field with three Canadian position players in the starting lineup. Outfielders Michael Saunders and Dalton Pompey, along with catcher Russell Martin, collectively go one for nine in the Blue Jays' 4-2 loss to the Rays at Tropicana Field. After the game, Saunders was asked, hey buddy, what does this mean to you guys? And he said, I'm not your buddy guy. Damn it, Cam. I, I, yeah, okay, so I made that last sentence up, but yeah. Three, three Canadians in one lineup, first time ever. <laughs> no, the rest of that was true. I just made a <laughs> I, Well, now I can't take any of it seriously. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bring the Canadians up without making that joke. With their flapping heads and beady eyes. Blame Canada! Blame <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, oh, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back uh, to take a somber look at the last week for the Braves. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. All right, we're going to take a look back at this past week for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Braves go two and four and lose the series three games to one to the Marlins. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. My name's Alex. For Cam, we'll see y'all next week. Bye! Okay, fine. I guess we'll talk about it. Why not? (laughs) We've been through worse. Uh, so, you know, after, after that blown call that we talked about at length in our, uh, our emergency episode last Monday, uh, you know, I really expected the Braves to, to, to come, come out angry on Monday, uh, and just, just take the Marlins to the woodshed. Um, unfortunately for us, that's not quite how it worked out. Um, so Braves come into the game with the Marlins, uh, have Waskar Ainoa pitching against Sandy Alcantara. Braves come out and take an early two to one lead after, uh, after scoring in the first inning. Uh, unfortunately for the Braves, the Marlins put up, put up two runs in the ninth to take it to extras. And if there's one thing you should know about the Braves, it's that this new extra innings rule has not been going very well for them. Um, so the Braves allow two runs to Miami in the 10th, which I guess is to be expected when you start with a runner in scoring position. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, giving that run up, but 
whatever. It was, uh, and ultimately they lose in 10 innings, five to three to the Marlins. Uh, sadly, wasting an incredible start from Waskar Anoa. Yep. Uh, he went six innings pitched, allowed three hits, one earned run, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. This dude has been on fire through a couple of starts early in the season. Uh, Luke Jackson comes in and continues to not allow runs. Sounds uh, sounds pretty elite, if you ask elite. me. Elite. Like, look, yes, do, do we overplay Luke Jackson and his elite qualities for the sake of selling a couple extra t-shirts? Absolutely. And we'll continue to do so. But it cannot be ignored that this guy is actually doing some of the best pitching he has ever done in his career this year. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe, and we were talking about this uh, before we started recording, is he the only Braves pitcher who hasn't allowed a run this year? As of 1.31 p.m. here on Sunday, I believe so, yes. Put some respect on Luke Jackson's name. He's He's starting to deserve it, guys, whether you like him or not. Put some respect on his name and put a T-shirt on your back at Teespring.com slash store slash Chatting Average Podcast. Woo! Get you some. All right. So we lost that extra inning heartbreaker to the Marlins uh, after having gone through the Sunday night baseball debacle with the Phillies. So so we're 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 coming back on Tuesday and we, we got to get this one, guys. We got to get this one. Yeah. So we lose to the Marlins 14 to 8. Out. <laughs> it hurts. I oh, it hurts. Max Freed only gets through four innings, allows seven earned runs. Seven. Max. Max. Uh. So it was that it was by like the second or third inning that I kind of looked up and thought, Max Freed isn't a hundred percent. Something's off. Yeah. Um, and come to find out, <laughs> turns out something was off. So Max Freed goes to the 10 day IL, oh, um, uh, joining, I don't know, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Half of the, half of the team. So, so we have that brutal loss to the Marlins. Uh, luckily it's a four game series, so we still have a chance to split the series. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so what do we get that next day on Wednesday? Another extra inning game. Gross. And what do we do in extra inning games? We give up a run in the top of the inning. <laughs> so we lose the third game of the Marlin series, six to five. Uh, yeah, just, it was at this point where I was like, here comes a sweep. <laughs> Despite despite Ronald Acuna being a, a superhuman force of nature, Just unconscious <laughs> at the plate, he had he had two home runs and a double, going three for five on the night with with four RBIs. Um, at this point, the guy was averaging 447 with a 500 on base percentage, slugging a thousand. Uh, <laughs> It hurts. 
it 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 hurts real bad. I don't yes, like it. Yes, it does. Um, I, I mean, it's 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 tough because right now the Braves are not in a great place as a team, but at the same time, we have Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, doing things that are are rarely ever seen outside of of Anaheim, California, with yeah. Trout. It's it's ridiculous. He is playing like he is far and away the best player in baseball right now. Um, And if we could get, you know, even just two or three other guys in the lineup to 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 get it together, like we're we're dangerous guys. Yeah. And I, I think it's still coming, but they just yeah, I don't know. So we lose the first three games of the series to the Marlins. So we need one to just salvage something and not get swept at home in a four-game series against the Marlins. Thankfully, Dansby Swanson comes through and gets us a win with a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth inning in that getaway game. Uh, (laughs) A.J. Minter takes the win despite allowing two earned runs in relief uh, of Ian Anderson, who did not have his finest outing. Uh, only getting through five innings pitched with with 98 pitches, uh, allowed six hits and three earned runs, struck out six, but walked four. Uh, Jacob Webb came in after Ian and uh, and had a decent outing in relief, uh, followed by some dude named Nate, who promptly allowed the next earned run. Uh, <laughs> First pitch of the game for him. God. Was it you Starling know, Marte that hit it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, guys, Pablo like, Sandoval comes in, hits a big boy ding dong to give us the lead, and then Nate Jones is like, "Hmm, two run lead seems a little too comfortable." <laughs> oh man, um, Pablo Sandoval is the best pinch hitter in the history of baseball. Uh, I don't know how he's doing this, um, but three every time pinch hit home runs already. It's crazy. Um, yeah. so yeah, we, we, uh, luckily got the walk off in that and salvaged a, uh, salvaged a win there. Uh, that took us to, uh, to five and eight on the season so far. So it's, it, it's been, it's been waves for the Braves. Uh, uh, didn't mean, mean for that to rhyme. But yeah, lost the first four, won the next four, lost the following four, and then started winning again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Consistency is lacking at this point, it feels like. It just feels like the guys just can't get into some sort of rhythm or groove so far this season. And it'll come. There's still plenty of time left. At no point am I hitting the panic button yet. But it's like, guys, you've, you know, you got to figure something out, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been very frustrating, to say the least. So from there, we travel up to to the north side of Chicago to take on the, the Cubs for a three game series. First game of the series goes really well, actually. Uh, Braves win five to two. Ronald Acuna keeps doing his thing. Uh, get a double from uh, from Ozzie Albies and Kyle Wright. RBIs from uh, from Travis Darnode. Hire Adrianza, Marcelo Zuna, and two from Acuna win the game five to two. 
unfortunately, in the process, lose. And look, I know this doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world, but it kind of is right now. Lose Ender and Ciarte. And also Ozzy Albies. And Ender had just gotten a hit, too. Like, our pets, was, heads are falling off. <laughs> Ender, you know, Ender was getting on base and being productive. And then the dude's hamstring goes again. And, you know, say what you want about Ender and his ability, but you can't help but feel bad for the guy. It, yeah, it's it's tough. And, and I mean, it, and regardless of what you think about him, the the depth that that we have with him on the roster is better than the depth we have without him on the roster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially with Pache out for you know at least ten days or so with a groin strain. Yeah, and uh, Pache's out, Enciarte's out. Uh, Albies is out. Uh, now Dukem is out. Chris Freakin Martin's out for an Chris undisclosed out. Everybody's out. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, every team I feel like goes through this kind of a rut, rough patch uh, in a given season. And, and it could be argued that it is for the best that we are having this kind of a rough patch this early in the season. Yeah, because I mean, what I what I say to people every single year is that it does not matter what your position is going into the postseason. What matters is that you make the postseason in any capacity and you're healthy and hot when you get there. I mean, say what you want about them, but look at the Nationals two years ago. I will, just, never, I will, I will never I will I will never do is be the best team in baseball starting on May 24th. I will never forget, as long as I live, that they started out 2019 at 19 and 21 and won the World Series that year. Yep. You exactly. know, and everybody, myself included, counted them out by May. So, I don't know. I think it just, it, it's fine. At no point do I think we hit the panic button yet. No. Uh, and then we have Saturday's game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we got, we got back to six and eight with that Friday game um, trending in the right direction after winning two in a row. And then every ball the Cubs saw left the yard. Cubs win 13 to four in the Saturday game. Um, Anything else you want to say about that camp? Besides the fact that I didn't watch it because I wasn't home. Sure. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't I didn't watch that game either because uh, I probably would have thrown my TV out the window. But, you know, though, in, in, in all honesty, like those games happen. They happen every year. You know, yeah. nobody goes through a season without absolutely getting spanked at some point. And, you know, it, it happens. That's baseball. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. Yeah. Twice this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The one one cool thing I will point out is as a result of of all of the injuries the Braves are dealing with right now, Sean Kazmar Jr. was placed on the Braves active roster. So cool. It, his first time in a major league dugout 
since 2008 for the Padres. Baseball rules. That's for, so cool. For, so this guy, this guy stuck it out and worked his ass off for 13 years before he got another shot to be on a major league roster. So regardless of what he does while he's up here, that needs to be celebrated. He, I mean, he's basically like a player coach for the Stripers now, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. like, like I know, I know he's a daily player for them in, in Gwinnett, but he's also pretty much like in some kind of coaching capacity at this point, isn't he? Uh, I don't know if like, if not, not officially, kind of officially. But, yeah. yeah. But even still, though, like, you know, dude just sticking around, you know, making a living doing what he loves. And, you know, it just goes to show you never know what chance you might get in on this on this road we call life. <laughs> That's very deep, Cam. Yeah, was, you know, a couple of feet at least. <laughs> All right. So uh, that loss on Saturday takes the Braves to uh, – to a pretty nice record yeah. of six and nine. I like it. <laughs> um, and that that leaves us in a tough spot. So as we sit here on April 18th, 2021, folks, our Atlanta Braves are in last place in the NL East. DFL. And I am going to clip this portion out. <laughs> And play it back for you come early October. Because whether or not it's the same thing as 1991, whether or not we're actually in trouble right now or not, which I don't think we are, I am going to personally drive the worst to first Braves underdog narrative for the rest of the season. Y'all are ridiculous. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We need something to rally behind as fans. And that's going to be it, damn it. Need something to rally behind, you say? Yes. Like some kind of rooted vegetable? If only there were some form of produce that Braves fans could get behind. A spud, if you will. Looking at you, Doc Herbert. (laughs) It's time. Fun. Fun he's stuff. He, he's he's gonna mail me a radish or something. <laughs> Rally radish, I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's take a quick look ahead at the next week for the Braves tonight, Sunday, April eighteenth. The Braves are back on Sunday night baseball. Please withhold your applause for the ESPN announcing crew. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, and it's looking like it's going to be tough sledding because the Braves have to go up against Kyle Hendricks, who is uh, the good pitcher for the for the Cubs. <laughs> well, you know, partner Kyle Hendricks never gets above 88 miles an hour. Real Greg Maddox-esque, especially uh, here in the Chicago Cubs uniform. Goodness gracious, I cannot wait for the ESPN broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we uh, this this would have been Max Fried's spot in the rotation, but since he's on the IL, we finally get to see the 2021 season debut of Mr. Bryce Wilson, last seen out dueling Clayton Kershaw in the National League Championship Series. 
hope, hope that boy just goes out there and just drags it across the mound. Please, please, Bryce. I need it. I need, Come on, Kenny. I need something to be excited about. <laughs> oh, man, I hope. I hope so. Uh, following tonight's game against the Cubs, uh, Braves get a day off and travel to New York City. Ba, 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 da, da. For a two-game set with the equally maligned New York Yankees. Game one is going to feature Charlie Morton going up against Jamison Tyone. Game two will feature Ian Anderson up against Corey Kluber. And will also be on ESPN. God, please help me. We're We're on ESPN three times in the next eight days. Hey, but we that if we're on Tuesday night, that means we get the good crew. Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yes. Is yeah. That, is is that the is that the Bugshiambi crew? No, Bugshiambi's uh, with the Cubs full time now. No, that that'll be the Carl Ravage crew. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, okay. I'll take Ravage. Yeah. All right, and then we come. We take a day off on Thursday, and we come home for hopefully a slump busting series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. For game one on Friday, we have Kyle Wright taking the mound, going up against Luke Weaver for the Diamondbacks. Who? Game two, we see Waskar Inoa back up on the bump against Madison Bumgarner, a player who I never <laughs> wanted to have on the Braves, ever. I never wanted him. I don't believe you. Never. <laughs> and then Sunday for the afternoon game against the Diamondbacks, we have... An open slot in the rotation going up against Zach Gallen for the D-backs. So, so you, start making your guesses now for who's going to be pitching next Sunday. So, you know what that means for uh, Bumgarner on Saturday, right? Who's had an awful season so far. No hitter? Oh, he's going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> he is going st- He's going to step into Truist Park and just find find it like the Cubs finally found some offense yesterday. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Why is that always our luck? Like for whatever reason, the Braves are cursed when it comes to uh, pitchers hitting and offensive uh, deficient teams just finding themselves. I have no idea, man. And, and, and look, we, we are normally your, your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Uh, we are normally in positive spirits about the Atlanta Braves. It's been frustrating to watch so far. I totally understand anybody who is as frustrated with watching this team right now as as we are. But at the same time, I'm still not terribly worried uh, about about this team in the long term. We have we have guys who are slumping, who are having trouble finding uh, uh, putting the bat to the ball. We have a ton of players hurt. And that's not always going to be the case in the 2021 season. Uh, I think we're going to look back at this stretch come come June or July and be like, wow, that was that was not the team we're watching now. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I mean, every team at some point, no matter how good they are, goes on a on a down streak in the season. Like even as good as the Dodgers have started out at what, like 13 and two at this point. You know, oh, yeah. at, they're, at, they're, they're insane. At some point this season, they're going to lose, you know, four or five in a row. And by the third game, people are going to be like, what's wrong with the Dodgers? Like, 
it happens. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's baseball. That's what happens when you play, you know, 247 games in a season. It's what happens. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it's worth pointing out that the Braves are have six wins and nine losses right now. Nice. The Yankees, as we record this, are currently playing the Rays and have five wins and nine losses. I'm not worried about either of those teams' chances of making the playoffs. No, no. This is just stuff that happens, and for both the Braves and the Yankees, it's probably a good thing that it's happening early. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I don't know, though. The Yankees just lost Jay Bruce today to retirement. I don't know. <laughs> he he might have been the ticket. That's that's pretty rough when you start the season playing so poorly that you retire like three weeks into the season. <laughs> yeah, guys, I ain't got it anymore. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, respect for recognizing that and making that decision, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what a just what an odd time. So uh, a couple of quick hits from around baseball. We have gotten to see the first two games in what should be a very, very interesting series between between the Dodgers and the Padres. And yeah. it took it took all of a few innings before the benches cleared in the very first Dodgers Padres game of the season. Did you stay up for that game Friday night? I, I did not, unfortunately. Nor did I, because I am tired by the end of the week so <laughs> but yeah i mean we we in our in our west division preview we said that that dodgers padres was going to be appointment viewing all year long and and by god it looks like we were right uh yeah they're and in fact i believe they are the sunday night game next weekend i think they play back-to-back weekends against each other a big part of me wishes that the uh, the Dodgers-Padres game had been flexed to the Sunday night game this week. Well, further maintaining the fact that MLB needs to have a flexible schedule for their Sunday night game in some capacity. I mean, that is tough with people, uh, with, with people you know, already having tickets to games and playing football. game times and whatnot. But football does it. That's true. That's true. But there are a whole lot less football games. Yeah, but I don't know. But here's one weird thing from uh, just looking at the box score from the first Dodgers-Padres game. Um, This game went to 12 innings. Yeah. 12 innings. And the Dodgers won 11 to 6. Yeah, they they put it on top of the 12th. (laughs) (laughs) Five runs in the top of the 12th inning for the Dodgers. Uh, so if you if you just look at the score, it doesn't look like it was an interesting game at all, um, but it most certainly was. Uh, both teams having to go very deep into their bullpen uh, to the point at which the Padres had Jake Cronenworth pitching at the end of the game. Heck, David Price took an at bat in the 11th or 12th inning. <laughs> I mean, that's how deep these teams had to go. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Cam. Well, I think it's for real this time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. We'll see you all next week for another brand new one. Bye! 
With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.